You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, and joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is Draft. Our friends over at Draft uh, are always with us. We're always having a good time on Draft Wednesdays. I really thought I was going to come home with it last week. I had a Lou Williams go for 50, and I was like, okay, this is, I have to win. And then I just didn't get enough production out of Marcus Saul and some other guys, and well, I ended up losing some money. So come do it again. You guys can have the chance to come take some money from us, and that'll make us sad for a short while, but hopefully you'll enjoy it, and hopefully we'll enjoy it. Or maybe Frank and I will end up winning, and you can do that at Draft. Download the app or go to Draft.com and then use promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-B-U-C-K for Locked On Bucks, and that'll get you a free play on your first deposit at Draft so you can participate in the Locked On Bucks draft for, for free. You, you can just hop in with that that ticket that you get with your first deposit. Uh, normally we'll do, I mean, we're to the point where we're doing a couple leagues. Um, so we'll probably do a couple again tomorrow and have a little bit of fun, and hopefully you can get into one of those leagues. Frank, uh, we were kind of talking about what we wanted to do tonight, and I think we've found some good directions here. I, I think I, I'm pleased with where we're going to go with this, so I will ask you, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, it is uh, below freezing in Texas, so Yikes. you know all you all you Wisconsin peeps. I'm sure you're really feeling bad for me right about now. Um, there was uh, basically Dallas and Austin were shut down today because of uh, concerns over bad roads, and I ended up driving, and there was basically nothing. So um, well, that's good. Texas being Texas, uh, but no, I'm I'm doing fine, and. Um, I feel like the games have been coming really quickly and, and somehow we're now past the halfway point of the season, actually. They yeah. kind of flew by with those three games in in four, in, uh, four days. Um, and one thing we had been talking about for a while was taking back, uh, taking inventory of our over-unders from the preseason, which... Oh, no, um, that's not good. That's not good, which I'm sure everybody has already completely forgotten about. And, and maybe we'd be better off people... <laughs> thinking that that we didn't actually make these but we didn't do too badly um but okay. it's kind of funny to to kind of go back and especially because I, I i actually did some some homework and i and i re-listened to jump through uh both of our pods for man we gotta get uh, an intern frank that that's an intern's too. work like re, re-listening to a podcast and actually writing down things like that, that yeah. <laughs> those two things sound like intern jobs yeah i mean i made a table so it's pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty intense stuff. So that's the level of, of care I put in today's pod. But yeah, we have, um, I don't know, like uh, 14, I think, 14 predictions okay. um, that we each made. And um, it, it, it was close in terms of the battle for 
for who is more right up to this point of the season. And <laughs> kind of funny to see which ones are like, you know, we're, we're we were, which also just funny to see like where we put the over unders, you know, relative yeah. to now what seems reasonable. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if if you're good, I can I can jump into them and uh, we can see how we did. Ooh, let's do some news first. And I okay. guess I, I don't even know if I want to call this news, but I guess it's just something when I think about news and notes at the start of our podcast that uh, we should mention. Uh, last night I tweeted out something about uh, Mark Stein does a weekly power rankings for the New York Times. And in those power rankings, I think he ranked the Bucks 11th or 12th in the league. And then also just included a tidbit that essentially says DeAndre Jordan is someone the Bucks would like to have. And everyone in the league knows it. Like it is an open secret um, and everyone is aware of it. And I believe Mark hopped on uh, lock or dunked on, excuse me, uh, hopped on the dunk down pod and essentially said the same thing that yes, the, the bucks would very much like Deandre Jordan. Uh, I believe on the dunk down pod, he also mentioned that Jabari would probably end up being the way to get to it just because <laughs> that, that is how yeah, I mean, if you're going to want to sign DeAndre going forward, you kind of have to clear out some some space that would be coming up this summer. And, well, Jabari would, would be that space. Um, so I'm going to say this. People asked me last night, well, what would they have to give up and how serious would it be? And I would say, well, if it hasn't happened already, I would say they have to give up a lot. Because if DeAndre Jordan was available for cheap... I think the Bucks would have traded for him already because uh, the, the connections are there. We've been talking about a DeAndre Jordan Bucks rumor before he made Jeff Schwartz's agent, and we're certainly talking about it even more after he made Jeff Schwartz's agent. So um, I'm just going to say the trade deadline is on the 8th at uh, 2 p.m. Central, I believe. The DeAndre Jordan rumor is not going to go anywhere. Uh, and when I say it's not going to go anywhere, I'm not saying that there won't be a trade, that they won't get something done. I'm saying that it will literally be present. Uh, like the, the rumor will be around until the moment the trade deadline passes. And then maybe again in the summer, the Bucks will be connected to them or something. Like It's not going anywhere. It will exist. It will continue to exist uh, until the moment DeAndre Jordan is traded or the trade deadline passes. Yeah, I, again, I, I think both of us are you know pretty... Uh, I've been pretty clear that we we just don't think sort of the 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 p- pile up of cost it would take to to make a, a trade work um, just makes sense. And by that I mean what you'd have to give up plus what you'd have to commit to him moving forward. Especially you know if you don't want to be risking um, the possibility that he walks for nothing in the summer, which he could. Um, and then on top of that, like what is he kind of adding to the team over the longer <laughs> yeah. term and um, and, and the other irony here is the, the Clippers are only one game worse than the Bucks. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like the Clippers are tanking right now and giving up and, you know, they were kind of left for dead when all those injuries hit yeah. and like they've, they've bounced back. Lou Williams has been awesome and they've just kind of recovered. Yeah. And so what, what does it say about the Clippers or what does it say about the Bucks and the Clippers? That there would be a rumor that the Bucks want to trade for DeAndre Jordan when the Clippers are right now no worse than the Bucks, and I don't know. I mean, it's not like DeAndre Jordan has said he will never stay in LA or that he like really wants to come to Milwaukee. There was the rumor about him wanting to go to Houston, which 
seems pretty impractical because I mean, he's from Houston. That's why this rumor exists. Um, and he, you know, maybe he does like Chris Paul after all, or he does like James Harden. Um, <laughs> But but yeah I, I I yeah there's just a lot of uh, a lot of questions here because basically you're saying that DeAndre Jordan is going to be part of your new big three um, because if you're paying him God knows what 25 million a year 30 million a year, I mean an insane amount of money um, you know certainly more than it would cost to keep Jabari Parker I would guess I would yep. guess maybe not 100 percent but I would have to think um, so yeah the, the, it's just that that's just a weird future to lock yourself into. Right. I mean, like the, a guy who when you are playing the very best teams in the league might not be even a guy that actually makes sense to close games with because, yep. you know, again, fourth quarter, he doesn't shoot free throws. Well, granted, the Haka DeAndre thing is less of an issue now with some of the rule changes. But um, but there was always talk that maybe the Clippers were better off not playing him to end games. I mean, that just seems kind of crazy to me that we're talking about you know, a move to contend and, you know, put the bucks over the top, I guess, which again, I don't think it would, but I guess that's the theory. Um, and yet it's a move for a guy that maybe doesn't even make sense to play yeah. in, in the very end of games. I mean, granted, I think there might be ways you can do it, but he's certainly not like, I mean, again, I think Giannis can play with him. I mean, if he plays with John Henson and Thon Maker, then I'm sure you can play with DeAndre Jordan. But, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just when you do the full accounting of like what it costs in terms of giving up assets, basically cashing in all the guy, all the chips that you might be able to use on something else, um, and then we have to pay him. What flexibility now you don't have in the long term? You're not going to be able to probably keep both Middleton and Bledsoe. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a weird. I just think it's pretty short sighted. That let's leave it at that. Yeah. Also, if I could get DeAndre Jordan for for nothing and I didn't have to pay him twenty five million next year. Yeah, sure, I'm in. Like that's great, um, but that's not the case. Like you're you're making an actual trade, and to get someone as talented, albeit flawed, as DeAndre Jordan, you're gonna have to give up a pretty significant package. So it's just not something that I think either of us have much interest in, um, and especially. I think just DeAndre Jordan, the player, neither of us are particularly interested in. And then on top of that, the fact that you'd have to give up a lot of the things that I think we both like about this team to get him, well, that just uh, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So, uh, yeah, that is, that is that's my news slash note for the day. Um, DeAndre Jordan rumors will not go away. Um, but also I'm not all that interested in DeAndre Jordan. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, something I am interested in, though, is draft, and we talk about it every week. We always talk about how much fun we have and how easy all of this is to do, and it seems like every week now we're filling up more and more leagues. We're getting more and more of you to participate, so hopefully that'll be the case again tomorrow. Um, we always like to try to do a, a league of newbies and a league of people that have been there before, um, so be one of those new people that gets to join us in one of our leagues tomorrow. Follow me at Eric underscore name. Follow Frank at Locked on Frank. Download draft. You can go to your app store and find it there, or you can go to draft.com and start playing there as well. And 
If you decide to play with us, uh, you can use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S for new users. When you make your first deposit, that promo code will get you a free play. It'll be a free $3 play, and we always do the $3 leagues uh, at draft anyways, so it would get you into our draft for free. And uh, Like I said, we have a lot of fun. It almost always ends in someone talking trash to me on Twitter and telling me how much better they are uh, than me at draft, which... Hurts the self-esteem a little bit, but ultimately, I'm okay with it. Because every once in a while, I get it, and I feel good about myself. And we'll, we'll see if that... If, if tomorrow can be one of those days, that would be great. If not, whatever. You can take a couple of my dollars, and it'll be fine. Uh, but we'll do it again next week. We do it every single week, so hopefully you'll join us there uh, again tomorrow. Frank, you have a ton of homework that you've done. Let's get to it. All right, so here, let's start with the over-unders. We started off as... A, a, the diehards may recall, actually, even the diehards probably don't recall this, but we did a two pod, a two part pod. And the first one was more about like Giannis and Chris uh, and all star stuff and MVP stuff. And then the second one was more about role players and the team. And so let's start with Giannis and Chris. The first one, I don't even know if we need to talk about much. We had Giannis's scoring for the season at 25 points per game over under. Both of us took the over. Currently, we are both very much on the safe side of that (laughs) i don't know can we take credit i think we undershot the 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 over under number maybe but no i will take all of the credit for it (laughs) Giannis at 28.3 points per game he was at 22.9 last year um i mean that's significant that was another two points per game like a two points per game is a significant ad and somehow Giannis has made us look like we were conservative in our prediction yeah and i let me ask you this Giannis's numbers have been steadily his point his, his scoring numbers have basically been just declining from the start of the season. He started off, you know, crazy, averaging mid thirty points per game the first week, yeah. and then it's been just sort of like declining steadily ever since then. I think every month he's averaged fewer points uh, per game than the month before. I think he's around like twenty six this month. Um, and and for what it's worth too, per thirty six minutes last year he was twenty three point two. This year twenty seven point two. So he's playing more minutes this year. So that's part of the reason for the the jump being quite as big. Basically, basically like one point of that jump is is due to minutes. But um, let me ask you this: If you had to reset the over under for the rest of the se- for for the end of the season, no knowing what we know now, what do you think a better number would be for for that? Or, or put it more simply, what do you think Giannis is actually going to score this year at the end of the season, including things like you know Jabari coming back and you know let's let's assume no more major injuries. But what do you think? kind of playing it as it lies now, where Giannis ends up. So in the month of January, nine games thus far, 25.6 points per game for Giannis. Still above our over-under. <laughs> Still above our over-under. Uh, in November, 26.5 points. Seven games in October, 33.7 points. And then in December, 29 points per game for Giannis. So 27 feels Ah, the, I, maybe it's even more than 28. I, I'm trying to think of what the proper number would be there uh, for a guy that has already put up 28.3. Because uh, after, I mean, a 41-game sample and the other 41, you you got to do something lower to get lower than 28. Uh, let's go with whew, 27 and a half. 
Do you think that's fair? Uh, accounting for Jabari coming in and maybe taking some of the scoring and kind of with the way that he's looked since Bledsoe, 27 and a half, do you think that's a fair over-under? Yeah, I was going to say that my if you asked me to pick a number, I would pick 27.1. Uh, okay. And but but it's interesting because I think so much of it comes down to like what is the Bucks sort of resolve and how much they're going to run through Giannis and um, you know like that Wizards game like you know we asked for it after the Miami game where he only takes twelve shots Giannis be more aggressive Bucks play through your dude <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. and it, it maybe didn't start off that well uh in in washington and the the efficiency numbers were, were pretty bad relative to what we're used to from Giannis's terrific efficiency that we've been spoiled with but um but i think that's a quite i mean if Giannis goes out with that mindset then i don't have much question that he you know he could probably ever even increase his scoring average if he takes you know 20 some shots per game every, yeah. every every game and i think for the season he's averaging around 19 so to give you guys a sense plus nine free throws and um so yeah i, I think i think it's, it's <laughs> he's so ridiculous yeah, he's I mean, so efficient just, yeah i mean that that we're just sort of like accepting of that is like oh yeah that's just <laughs> that's just that's just the thing now um and and interestingly uh to give you guys a sense of this as well so per 100 possessions Giannis is averaging uh 38 uh, points per 100 possessions. Okay, and I I thought it was interesting because I was trying to like do comparisons between like Giannis and Kareem, and I was early in the season I was looking at that, and I I was really surprised. But because of the the pace of games and stuff like that, um, Kareem was never higher than 33 in his career, 33 points hmm. per 100. Um, so it, it's interesting that uh, you know to, to kind of make that comparison, Gian and and. Kareem's career best per 36 um uh, in his second and third seasons he hit 28.4 points per 100 or per per 36. So um kind of a couple things there a Kareem just playing tons of minutes. His third yeah. season he averaged 44 minutes per game. Ridiculous. Um uh, every season in Milwaukee he averaged over 40. Um and the pace of games is being faster in general. So that's why that that per 100 possessions number so much favors Giannis just because the game is slower now. So um, so anyway, yeah, interesting kind of context there. But okay, so we'll say... 27 and a half, you're taking the 27 under. and a half. I'll, I'll take the under. But um, again, I think so much was just like, what, what, do they, what do they need him to do? What do they ask him to do? And I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like Giannis could score 30 points a game if they needed to, needed him to, and he could do it efficiently. Like, I don't <laughs> think there's any question about that, which is, is pretty awesome. And if he, I think if he shot more threes too, would hurt maybe his efficiency a little bit, but I think, you know, he'd probably score more points if he took three or four threes per game rather than whatever it is. What's the averaging like one or something like that, or not one, but like two or something like that per per game. He's averaging 1.63 per game this year, down from 2.3 last year. So, yeah, um, I, I would agree. I, I think he, he could knock that out pretty easily. And I mean, I think that kind of goes back to my point from the other night. Like, all right, Giannis, like everyone on the Bucks should have a goal that you should be taking more shots and we should be doing more stuff through you. And if that means Eric Bledsoe doesn't get quite as much, if that means Chris Middleton doesn't get quite as much. Uh, this kind of blunt but good like that's a good thing it, no one is more efficient than Giannis uh so working through him is un, undoubtedly a good thing so um I would agree he could score super efficiently if they would ask the, him to do a little bit more of that like he, he could get 30 uh, 
pretty easily, I think, every night. Um, I don't know if we'll see that. I think I'm still going to take the over 27 and a half. <sighs> Man, it's really tough because Jabari coming in kind of, you know, wants me to bump it. That makes me want to b- bump it down a little bit, but I don't think I'm going to. Maybe this is just hopefulness and seeing him be very assertive and, and everyone kind of figure out that he's the guy that needs the ball. So I'll go over with 27 and a half as our updated line uh, as we go. And Frank, I feel like if you have the chart now, you should just be writing all of these down. So at the end of the year, if we update any lines, we're ready to go. I I don't know okay. if I, sh- I should be dictating I'm doing orders to it. you, but I feel like that might be the way to go. So 27 yeah. and a half, I will take the over. You will take the under. Let's move on to our other Giannis topic. Yeah, the other Giannis topic was finishing. So for his MVP finish, you put a number of 3.5, meaning if you, says, if you say better than that, he's going to finish top three. If you say worse than that, he'll finish fourth or worst. I said worse as much as it pained me to bet against Giannis, which is the one thing you should never do. You said better, so you said top three MVP finish. And we were debating how we would score this as of now, because obviously there's no single number you can really look at. But um, if you go and look at the current betting market, so this is the best way I could figure we could do this, uh, he's still actually like in a survey of, of different uh, betting sites that I, that I saw. And again, maybe you know your fair betting site isn't as uh doesn't have him this place this high but uh still had him third behind harden and and lebron so uh so yeah you're 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 winning this one i think right now um so kudos to you and i and i could not be happier to be wrong about something than to be wrong about Giannis being a top three mvp uh candidate on that topic uh bill simmons and zach lowe got together for their annual trade of podcasts uh Bill on the low post today, and Zach will be going over to the Bill Simmons podcast tomorrow. Um, and Simmons has lost his way as uh, as an opinion haver, um, <laughs> but but still in their podcast they were talking about Eastern Conference All Stars, and around the fifty minute mark of that podcast, if you want only Bill's Bucks related topics and opinions, and not any of the garbage he might say about the Boston Celtics or anything else, that's totally fine. Uh, But on that podcast, he mentioned that uh, MVP came up and he said that Giannis is kind of the sleeping giant of the MVP race because if they can roll off some wins and get a little more consistency, if they get to 48 wins, I think he's going to be the favorite. Zach said he thought 50 was going to be necessary and some people might have some voters' remorse on Westbrook for being able to get that MVP last year with with uh, 47 wins. So he thought 50. Uh, and then also Simmons mentioned he's 28 and 10 with almost five assists, and he has the Hakeem Olajuwon blocks and steals where, you know, you have some of each of those. I looked it up, how many 23 and younger guys have averaged 28 and 10 for an entire year, and it hasn't happened since Shaq in 1994. And then Zach also added he's one of the six to eight best defensive players in the NBA. So some Giannis praise on the low post, which is which is always good to hear, um, hearing national folks talk about Giannis and how good he is. And obviously there was a bunch of news today about him being, I think, 
fourth in jerseys sales in the NBA, which is kind of a, a crazy thing to hear about. But uh, yeah, Giannis love and Giannis praise is all over the place. And I'm happy that I said better at the start of the year. I'm not sure if that'll stick, though. Uh, let's move on to Chris. Uh, our first Chris over under was 20 points per game. And Frank, this one is awfully close. Yeah, he's at 19.9. And so we are both marking that as a win because we both took the under. We both I think we're a little tortured over whether we thought he was going to be under, especially with Jabari out for most of the year. Um, but so far he is, so we're marking that as correct. And I think that's probably the right over-under if you were going to reset it uh, for the, the remainder of the season. And I would take the under on it um, still because I think, you know, again, part of the reason why he's playing so many minutes or so, so scoring so much is because he's playing a ton of minutes. He's second in the league. Um, and I think part of the story also for Giannis maybe seeing his scoring go down into raw terms um, is because Jabari helps sort of reduce the minute load. And again, uh, not that you know Giannis and Chris are going to play 32 minutes a game after Jabari comes back, but you can much more credibly kind of wean them down to maybe 35 minutes per game. Um, Chris, I would hope for probably even less, um, even fewer minutes to be grammatically correct. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, and, but, but I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I think it's probably less about Jabari, like taking tons of shots and more about um, those guys just maybe playing fewer minutes. Um, but it certainly will, will be interesting to just sort of see, um, see how that evolves. Cause I mean, clearly there, there are tons of shots available for this team. And um, again, I, I think, you know, I'm going to be really curious to see, Jabari coming back because I think again as much as we have talked about Giannis and Chris playing too many minutes I think um I think Jabari's return is huge if for only it it hopefully and again who knows how effective Jabari is going to be uh when he comes back but um you at least want to get him you know regular minutes whether that's um whether that's 30 minutes 27 minutes I don't know right um but but that obviously takes a chunk out of especially Chris having to play the four which is probably the thing that um, that I like the least. So I'll continue to take the under, but clearly Chris is, you know, right in that right in that ballpark. You're a little bit more hopeful than I that Middleton's minutes will go down. Um, I don't know how much it's related to Jabari being out or anything. I just think it's Jason Kidd trying to to get Giannis and Chris on the floor as much as possible, and I don't know if that will change once Jabari comes back. I hope it does because 37 minutes, league-leading number of minutes for Chris Middleton is silly. Like we've talked about it before, like a guy like Giannis, okay, one of the five best players in the league. Fine, I don't love it, but he's superhuman. He can more reasonably handle that type of minutes load. Chris Middleton is not superhuman. Um, he is not athletically. He's kind of just a guy. Like he he's fine, um, and he's a very good player, but not a guy that should be playing that much. So I think his minutes bumped down. But man, Frank, I just look at that three point percentage, thirty four. Yeah, thirty-four percent, and he's yeah, taking five that, and a half thing. threes. Like, if there's some mean regression to his career number of around thirty-nine, forty percent, like it's going to be difficult for him not to average twenty points per game. Um, and it, he's just under nineteen point nine. I'm, ugh, I'm taking the over. I, I don't feel oh. I don't feel great about it. And Jabari concerns me, but. Hopefully it's Jabari taking some of Matthew Delvadova's shots and some of Eric Bledsoe's shots maybe and just Chris making like one more three a game like it's, even if he takes a couple fewer two like I'll go he's, over 
He's shooting also a career high from two, though. He's 52% from two. Last year, 46%. The year before, 46.6%. Um, so I think he's also been kind of unsustainably good. Um, we've two. talked about yeah. his, his mid-range jumpers. Um, he's shooting, let's see, 48% on long twos, 53% on 10 to 16-foot shots. Those are both career highs. Um, so yeah, and now I'm not comfortable. Those, it's fine. <laughs> So I think some of those are going to, you know, you'll see kind of push and pull there. Um, let's, let's kind of move on. Um, cause, cause I think certainly the, the over under on threes is, is, you know, part of the story here. And we had him at five, three, threes attempted per game, um, which is not very many. Like you'd look at that and it's like, well, why, why should that be hard to average <laughs> five, five threes per game? And it's like, well, he's never averaged more than 4.6. That was two years ago. Last year, he was only 3.6. Yep. Um, this year, obviously, some of it is is the minute load. Um, helps. But he's at 5.5. And, you know, again, there's, you know, there's no reason he really shouldn't probably even be higher. So, um, so yeah, he's over that. Thank God. Um, and, you know, uh, I don't know if I'd change the number at this point. I mean, you could say five and a half. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't think he's going to be... I don't, even with Jabari come back, you could argue, well, hey, um, you know, there's going to be more... Um, there's going to be more open threes or something. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's really the case. Um, but uh, my guess is that's going to be probably where it is around the rest of the season. I think the number's fair, and I think I'm going to stay with my over. Uh, let's go to... I think we can almost decide this one right now. Uh, one and a half all-stars was the next one, which was essentially asking, do you think Chris is going to be an all-star? Yeah. Both of us said under. So we both took the Bucks will just get one all-star. And even with Eric Bledsoe coming in, I think I feel pretty safe marking that down as an under. Uh, unless yep. there is a rash of injuries in the Eastern Conference that somehow sneaks in Middleton, uh, and I mean, like, it would have to be, like, six dudes in the Eastern Conference that got hurt, like, to get him in. So, I think I feel good. Uh, we both said the under there, and I think we're both going to get that one right. Um, up next. Speaking of sp- speaking of taking unders and getting it right. We nailed this one. Thon Maker, 24 minutes per game, and currently he is at 183 do you think we need to update that line to 20 minutes per game? No. Um, and I would say, I mean, do you think there's any reason to even increase the number from where he, what he's getting right now? Cause I, I don't know. I don't really see Thon nope. on some upward trajectory. Again, maybe he figures some stuff out. Maybe John Henson starts to struggle more, but I mean, who knows, right? I mean, if, if they go off and, and trade for some guy, um, it could get lower. Maybe yeah. maybe it could get lower. I mean, ran, you know, this is a random sample. The last five games, that's 17 minutes. So it seems like it's a pretty stable number. So I think 18 is probably a, a reasonable number. And um, when I was listening to the podcast, I, uh, I had said I thought it would be more in the 21 to 22-minute range. Um, but it's funny to look back because, I mean, at the time we thought, oh, well, Greg Monroe is going to get 20-some minutes per game and Thon gets yeah. the rest and Tenson gets some random minutes and obviously um, ends up being a very different situation, although Thon, you know, not, not that different than maybe what we expected. <laughs> although certainly his performance has been has been yes. worse than, than certainly we expected. Um, Tony Snell, 40% from three last year. Uh, he hit that mark. Uh, the question was, could he sustain it, getting the new contract? Was it going to be that one-year kind of blip? Uh, you were a believer... I, as much as it pained me, I was not. And so far, you, I'm, I'm happy to report that you are in the right on this one. Uh, he's at 41.4%. Of course, he was much higher uh, for a while, and, and it's kind of come down a bit of late, as we've discussed, but still at 41.4%. I, 
I think we can probably leave the number there. And I don't know. I'm I'm actually not even sure if I would change my pick to over at this Ooh, point. But saucy. Uh, but uh, but obviously, and, and there's no necessarily strong reason for that, you know, other than yeah. maybe the bias of seeing him miss a lot of shots of late. <laughs> uh, but certainly, he sh- should continue to get open looks. But uh, obviously, of late, uh, they haven't been going in as often. Can I tell you how much fun I had watching the Milwaukee Bucks play in the third and fourth quarter against the Wizards when they actually had threes? Like, I had forgot that's a thing that they could do. I, I, I just didn't remember that, oh, you can actually... You can make threes. Because with the way they've been shooting for the last week, I, I didn't really remember that. So, yeah, if guys want to make some threes again, that that would be awesome. Obviously, Tony's been slumping here and obviously pulling that percentage down. But I, I'm okay staying where I am, uh, keeping the number at 40 and staying with the over. I'm going to keep believing. And um, you mentioned kind of the idea of will new contract Tony be as good? And... I mean, I think he certainly at the start of the year was as good as he was the year before and even had some of those moments where he was doing something new. And uh, we've seen some more of those. Like we yeah. saw that that pump Driving fake dunks. two-handed dunk yeah. on Draymond in that Warriors game. And he's doing more things, which is exciting. And then also thus far, he's had uh, 41.4% from the three-point line. So uh, I, think, I think Dean... Our, our friend at All the Bucks had posted uh, something about uh, Jacob Goldstein put together a tool about like how much value are you getting out of your contracts and like Tony wasn't getting a, a ton of value. I think it was either just slightly negative or um, about even, and it was just like okay, I I think I thought there was a chance that Tony at that number could really drag you down and. For the most part, he's kind of played up to that number. I think it's still a scary number, um, and I think that's something that we talked about uh, during the off season. But thus far, he's been largely fine, and hopefully that continues. Yeah, and uh, Tony. I mean, again, I as much as I believe that you know, good players, you're going to be able to quantify their contributions through some metric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not big on the idea of like, Oh, this guy, like you can't measure what he does. You know, I mean, that's why we have some of these things like RPM, right. Which is supposed yeah. to just capture, are you better or worse? Does the guy make you better or worse when he's on the court? And, um, e- even that does not, you know, shine too, too positive of a light on Tony. Um, but again, I would expect Tony because he is a small volume guy, um, who, you know, doesn't really put up, uh, many shots his usage rate is you know as we joked about is like just you know you're gonna need a magnifying glass uh to find it at some point you know the better he shoots the fewer shots he seems to take or at least his usage seems to decline um so again he doesn't really you know he's a positional defender he doesn't really get blocks and steals doesn't rebound at all um you know he's really just catch and shoot defend whoever you put in front of him and and that's what he does and he's been very efficient his true shooting mark up to 61.3 percent only Giannis is really kind of in that range as far as the Bucks regular guys go from from what I recall um so so yeah I mean you have to feel good about it um and again that number um that contract number so far you know as you said holding steady in terms of I think a number that uh if you needed to move that contract I think you could um, maybe even get a little bit of value for it. Um, but uh, certainly at this point, no need to think about toning, trading Tony Snell because you know, until Sterling Brown kind of really validates you know, what he's able to do, yeah. I don't think you can really, uh, you're going to need Tony Snell. And um, 
you know, I'm not about trading that, wings. Like I'm no, not, I'm not interested shoot, no. in traded wings. Like yeah. that, that is the thing I, if possible, I would like to stockpile, not find somewhat of a surplus and then say, Oh, let's get rid of them. Like no, extra wings is a good thing. Um, yeah. all right, Frank, we're going to get to my worst pick here. And yeah, it's my worst pick by a pick. whole lot. DJ Wilson, 935 minutes over or under. And Eric took the over. <laughs> and DJ Wilson has played 52 <laughs> minutes. Um, 52 minutes, but he did play like two minutes in the last week. So that number is, is his average is, is, is on the rise, I guess. Sure. Um, he's trending upward. Did, There's no doubt about should, it. He is yeah. the, in the way that Skip Bayless's show is the fastest growing show in sports. Uh, DJ Wilson's minutes are growing at a faster rate than any other rookies minutes. Um, actually, yeah. nope, that's not even true. Cause Sterling Browns are faster. Dang it. I got nothing. Yeah. Not a lot. Good to say about DJ Wilson. Um, the reason we picked 935 minutes specifically is because that is the number that Beasley got last year. So yep. we were kind of thinking of it through the lens of, okay, basically he's the de facto replacement on the roster positionally for Michael Beasley. Um, you still had Mirza Toledovic. Obviously, Jabari was going to miss a half season, kind of similar to last year. And you had Giannis. So what kind of is the shakeout there? Does, does he basically step into Beasley's minutes even though Beasley Bucks, he played a lot of three as well. And, and DJ, we didn't really expect to play the three. But um, yeah, been nowhere close. Uh, and again, has shown nothing in certainly the minutes we've seen. Didn't have, you know, didn't have really a, a preseason or a summer league that provided a whole lot of other reason for optimism. And um, so far, he is certainly looking like, you know, if you had the redraft uh, of this past draft, uh, yeah. Maybe he'd be picked in the second round. I don't know. Um, but uh, certainly a guy who is uh, clearly disappointing and it's early, blah, blah, blah. But um, DJ Wilson is giving the Bucks nothing. He's not getting any minutes. And in the few minutes he's gotten, he's done nothing. So, yeah, I, I do not foresee him getting uh, playing, you know, 900 minutes uh, over the last <laughs> over the last 40 games, which would mean you'd have to average 20 minutes a game the rest of the way, which isn't going to happen. So no, uh, if it does happen, I don't want to be a part of that future. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm more than happy to take the L on this one because I do not want that one to be right. It mean, yeah, it means that Giannis and Jabari um, were both like, you know, hit by an asteroid or something like that. Correct. And probably Chris Middleton, too. Yes. Um, basically, it, like the Bucks would have to be down to five players in order for DJ Wilson to actually play minutes. Probably. Um, speaking of rookie minutes, um, Sterling Brown, we picked, I think this was Rashad Vaughn's minutes number from last year. So we basically said, could he take Rashad Vaughn's uh, drink Rashad Vaughn's milkshake in this case, yep. uh, which was 458 minutes. We both took the over and it's kind of hard to project this right now because Sterling's only at 162 minutes right now, but obviously he's playing a lot more of late. And if he continues to see a similar role the rest of the season, then he should exceed that number. Um, but this is kind of a, a little bit of a gray area one, because certainly if the tr- current trends continues, then um, he'll probably be the over and we'll be proven profits for saying that he will uh, hit that 458 yeah. minute number. Um, but uh, so far, again, the, the, he's going to have to kind of continue at this accelerated pace to hit it. I mean, he's picking up fouls at a DeAndre Liggins rate, so I feel good about his ability. No, I'm just, I, again, uh, we are both Sterling fans. I think we've been Sterling Brown fans for a while now. Um, obviously, our 
one of the guys that we had on for the draft last year, Cole Zwicker, is a big fan as well. Um, so we felt pretty confident about what Sterling could do this year. And um, I think the last couple of weeks we've we've kind of gotten to see that. So hopefully that continues. Um, I don't. We don't need to change that line. And uh, I, I would say, for me, I'm hopeful that we are correct in saying the over there. I hope that he does get enough minutes to to kind of take that spot and hopefully become a more uh, secure and stable part of the rotation. Moving on, Bucks defense, over under 10th. And before all of our listeners laugh, and I didn't get it even in before Frank laughed, one of the things that we said was this team has a bunch of quality defenders, We've seen a number of these guys put up good metrics before. Uh, the eye test would tell you that a lot of these guys can play. And this was before they traded for Eric Bledsoe, um, who's who's a plus defender as well. And we thought, okay, either this Bucks defense is going to make some changes, make some adjust, uh, adjustments, and be in the top 10, or they're not going to make many adjustments. They're going to play in a very similar way that they have in the past, and they're not going to do well, and that is not going to be good for Jason Kidd and his job security. And, well, they are they are 24th overall defensively. We both got this right. We did both say uh, we did both take the under, which would be that they are worse than 10th uh, defensively. Or I guess the over, I'm not really sure. But either way, we said they they would be in the in the range of 11 to 30. I think on the podcast I was talking about 14th as as a way that okay, you have a top five offense, you get in like that middle range defensively, and you can put together a really nice season. They've not done that. They've been good offensively, but defensively at 24th. Um, I want to update this line, Frank, and I want to make us pick over under 20th by the end of the season. <sighs> Um, well, I, I haven't checked the numbers recently. I know Dean Maniat on our podcast recently um, talked about the Bucks having the opportunity to move up to the middle of the pack defensively because there's kind of, I think, some natural breaks in terms of just the way the numbers are. So it's it's like some tiers. Yeah, there's some tiers. So getting up to like like 15th or 16th isn't necessarily that difficult, but um, but then there's a bit of a break to, to kind of move into the the top half sort of um, thereafter. So um, and yeah, you can, I can I'm looking at the numbers now. Basically, there's a whole if I'm using um, ESPN's uh, defensive efficiency numbers, basically from Memphis at 16 um, to you know the Bucks at 23 is only a 1.2 points per 100 differential. Um, but then from Memphis to Houston, which is tied for 13th is a 1.2 points per 100 differential so um, so the first 1.2 jumps you you know eight spots or seven spots and the second jumps you you know second 1.2 point per 100 jump gets you only 1.2 spots or uh, two spots so um so yeah it's, it's kind of interesting i mean and there's there's basically definitely a huge difference between sort of the the elite teams um which is really you know let's say um, Boston, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Golden State, um, Toronto, even and and Philly, uh, and then you kind of start moving down the list, and and obviously it, it it gets gets pretty pretty grim as as you kind of work your way down. So, um, I think for twentieth, um, I mean there are a couple factors here. First off, it, it's just inexplicable that the Bucks are this bad defensively. I mean this is this is the ultimate like. There's no way Jason Kidd can keep his job? Question mark. 
yep. part of when you look at this team, right? I mean, and, and a lot of times, like, we don't necessarily talk about kid a lot kind of game to game because, you know, again, like, a, ki- a, a coach is, you know, like, I don't, I don't even think kids' like rotations are, like, that crazy. I mean, we've talked about, like, the starting five, and, you know, again, we don't agree with starting Brogdon. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I mean, other than, like, starting Brogdon and playing, like, Giannis and Chris too much, you know, Sterling Brown's now playing. DeAndre Leggins is gone, which again, not as maybe not because of Jason Kidd or anything like that. But, um, but like it's not like the the Bucks rotations are are insanity or something like that, right? I mean, you have two centers. You play your two centers. Thon maybe plays too much because he's just not good right now. I mean, even um, from in years past, like that was that was something in I mean last year's podcast where we would talk about pretty regularly where he was trying to juggle three centers and staggering patterns were changing every other game like it, there was just a lot and right this, this year, year there's just it's kind of you know again there's still randomness in terms of like some of the bench rotations and there's the still things that we good. complain about uh, yeah but for the there. most part like yeah but for the most part like the, the reason why you question jason kidd isn't so much because you know this rotation came a little bit too late or whatever like that i mean for me it's just it's just the results you know yep. like we know this team is talented we know this team is way better. i mean this is a way better team personnel-wise defensively than they've had the last two years. And right now they're worse than they were each of the last two years when they were not good, when they were not good. Um, So again, it's sort of one of these things like, um, you know, like when we do the accounting at the end of the season, how can you possibly, you know, and again, even if the Bucks get up to 16th or something like that, um, and and I'll I'll say the Bucks will be better than top 20 because... I just don't know how you can continue to be worse. Um, again, part of me is like, I don't want to like, again, you can't trust Jason Kidd. You can't trust the Bucks. Um, but it's just like, I mean, good God. Like, how how can this team be continue to be so bad defensively? They don't even give up many three-pointers, which is one of our other over-unders. Yep. Like, they are, I think, a top 10 team in the league in terms of preventing three-point attempts, which is the thing you're supposed to try to do nowadays. And they still just, you know, it's the whack-a-mole problem. They still give up tons of shots at the rim, and um, they have been a little unlucky in terms of three-point opponents opposing three-point percentage. So I think there's kind of a bunch of different push and pulls there. Certainly Jabari coming back is not going to make them better defensively. Um, but I'll say just in general, like th- they, they can't possibly be worse than, than what they are now. And, um, you know, again, we just know there's talent there, and, and I don't think even the mixed messages and shifting schemes and you know just inability to coach a team up defensively that we've seen from the staff i don't think i, I don't th- i think they can definitely prevent them from being top 10 which we both we both did after much discussion i was a little nervous that we were going to say they were going to be <laughs> top 10 because we both agreed that they had the talent to be top 10 correct um but we didn't trust them basically so we were both correct saying they were never trust the bucks we know the rules yeah i think you said 14th if yep. you had to pick a number um i don't recall if i even picked a number but um but yeah i'll I'll say that they can finish top 20 um but again it's just like sad that we continue to have this conversation about the bucks being a bottom 10 defense because again like there's just like really are you gonna run it back if if they're even if they're like 17th or something like that at the end of the season it's like they still just continue to underachieve so much and you know even with some different tactics used at times i mean some some coaching staffs can get teams to play defense and this I mean, three years in a row, like, I, what, what's, what has to change at this point? Yeah, um, it feels like to a large extent the Blitz and Bucks are back, um, where, 
you're it's not as extreme as it used to be like they aren't quite as aggressive but they're also not quite as conservative as they were in that couple of game strats where it's like oh my gosh did they actually decide to change everything and maybe dialed it back a little bit but certainly not changed and um whenever i'm in doubt on a prediction you go to rule number one never trust the bucks and i'm gonna say even with it updated to 20 i'm still gonna take the under and looking at i tweeted out today positive residual so sorry you're you're saying you're saying worse correct worse than 20 um and Positive Residual uh, does some stuff with Nylon Calculus, and they put out these kind of cool graphs where NBA has play-type data, and it can kind of show you where teams are in the league at those times. And they did like a year-to-year change in offensive play-types and defensive play-types, and it showed you the efficiency teams have. And this year, opponents are more efficient at... Putbacks, off screens, handoffs, cuts, pick and roll, roll man, pick and roll, ball handler, spot up, post up, and transition. The only place they are less efficient against the Bucks is in isolation, which is nice. There, there is a lot of isolation possessions uh, in the league. That's one of the larger play types, so that is a good thing to see. But being worse than everything else is not a good thing to see. Um, that is, that is not good, uh, and. Man, I, I just, I, I'll just say my hope is broken uh, because we, <laughs> like, we talked about it before the year. Like, if you can't get good defense out of this team, how how could I ever trust you to get good defense out of, out of anyone? And it, it's a joke I made on Twitter the other week, but somebody said something about like, oh, if they pick up Bogut, like it doesn't even make any sense. Like he doesn't fit the defensive scheme. And my joke was, well, does Kawhi Leonard fit the defensive scheme? Like, I don't know. It, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that he would have a positive effect on it. Like the de- the scheme just appears to be lost. It doesn't appear that the Bucks can play solid defense. So I will say worse than 20 overall um, by the end of the season in defensive rating. And that just makes me really sad and somewhat angry. <laughs> It's it, betting against the Bucks defense is generally a smart thing. I'm probably going to regret doing that. Um, or, you know, not betting against the Bucks defense, and even though I'm like expecting them to be like 18th or 19th. Yeah. Um, but all right, so that's at least one thing where we'll we'll disagree on. Um, one thing, one reason why you would think the Bucks would be better, I mentioned they are giving up far fewer three point attempts um, this season, which is a very actually a very good sign. Uh, because that was a huge uh, issue for them, particularly corner threes. They were worse in the league last last year. I think it was was close to like 10 corner threes per game or something like that. Um, And I forget, I I think we may have said like per 100 possessions. Um, It's kind of, I forget where we found the per 100 number for for corner threes specifically. We said eight as the over-under for this season, and we both took the under. So we were actually predicting a pretty big improvement there. Um, they did get uh, a fair bit better at that after um, the All-Star break last year. Yep. 
And so far, they have been better. They're they're still not great in terms of three point uh, corner threes allowed, but they are at I think they're like twelfth or thirteenth in terms of raw per game, like six and a half. So I don't have the the per one hundred number in front of me, but it's not going to be that different from from that. So they are actually under uh, in terms of corner threes allowed per game. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that bit of optimism, uh, for some reason, we were we were rewarded. I don't know if it, we were justified in necessarily having that level of optimism, but um, the Bucks have certainly improved there. Uh, and yeah, that's definitely a, a good sign that they are allowing fewer opposing opponent three point uh, attempts, um, but still allowing. 38% shooting, which is high. So hopefully that number kind of continues to come down. But I mean, we've seen of late um, the Warriors going, the Warriors of all team going five out of 15. And I think were the Wizards like six out of 21 the other night. Yeah. Um, Cause it was like 40 plus for a while. Did it get as high as like 44 in the first like 15 games or something? Like it was crazy high, that percentage from three. Oh, the percentage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, there were kind of other things like the Bucks were shooting like a crazy number themselves, like on corner threes. Yeah. Um, but the Bucks actually have probably like i mean they're shooting under 35 percent now from three they're 27th um which is over two percent worse than a year ago and so i I mean you could argue that they've been unlucky to be shooting as bad as as badly as they have um you know maybe part of that is certainly you could tie that to chris who takes you know a good chunk about 20 percent of their threes so hopefully that number comes back a little bit and then again you hope that the opponent number comes down a little bit because that number certainly has been high and as we say you know we remind people um opponent three-point percentage tends to be pretty random um certainly if you allow a lot more corner threes which are easier than above the break threes then that's going to affect that a little bit but um i think by any metric the bucks have been fairly unlucky in terms of opponent uh, three-point shooting so we'll see how that continues to evolve over the course of the season that that is one of my arguments for why uh for why the bucks defense should just by default get a little bit better um the next the last three we have are, are win-related. And the first one was 28 home wins. And this is kind of an obscure number, but I, I picked it out because if you look at the teams that threatened 50 wins in the East, that threatened 50, 50 wins in the West, they usually win about two-thirds of their home games. And, you know, again, if the Bucks were going to win, I think we had the Vegas over-under at the beginning of the season was like 47.5 or something on that order. To win that many games, you figure like basically the recipe would be you know, you go 28 and 13 at home. You go, let's say, 20 and 21 on the road. So about 500. You win 48 games. Um, that's kind of the accounting. And for some reason, the Bucks have won 23 games at home the last three seasons, despite having very different records in those three seasons. Uh, what, 41, 33, and, and 42, I guess, in those three seasons. So my question was, could the Bucks break through and become a good team at home that defends its home court? They have definitely been better um but they are 14 and 8 um and so still below the clip to win 28 home games over the course of the season we both took the under i don't know if you had anything else to add to that one um i'd say certainly they've been at least a bit more consistent at home but still not quite up to that sort of you know 50 win type math or, or even 48 win type math in terms of uh, protecting the home court yeah, I mean, I think we're looking at a spot where this Bucks team kind of has, they've had some of their rough stretches of schedule already, um, and, I, and I think when you look at February, there's maybe a stretch there where you think they can rattle off some wins, uh, both bef- right before the All-Star break and then uh, after it as well, so 
maybe some of that evens out, uh, and maybe they they have a, a longer winning streak in them that that can kind of swing things in the other direction. But yeah, as of right now, um, not looking good. But again, again, it's 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 a situation where at home you're supposed to do better and you're supposed to be more favored, but that goes against rule number one of never trust the bucks so um it makes things a little bit more difficult so we'll see where we go there the next one we had was also kind of a random one but it was 14 and a half wins against the west of course uh you play 30 games against the opposing conference or the the opposite conference uh last year the bucks i think were 15 and 15 so you picked 14 and a half could they maintain the you know in theory good form against the west which everybody always thinks of as being the superior conference and we both took the over um we we kind of thought a little bit about you know the changes in the west and i think our general sense was that sort of the perception of the west being way better than the east was somewhat overdone um in terms of you know yeah like the warriors are there and and you know the the rockets and spurs and okay maybe the top maybe maybe it's a little more top heavy um but again we felt like the bucks could go 500 against the west and Certainly, by by the current metrics, they're going to easily go 500. Maybe counting eggs before they hatch, but they are 12 and six so far. Um, interesting that they have been a lot worse uh, against the East, 11 and 14. And again, some of that's probably like the the selection of teams they've played. But uh, you know, for the most part, after a half season, you know, you wouldn't expect it to be a huge difference in terms of. Um, you know the splits there, so yeah, Bucks looking to be on course to uh, to go above 500 against the West. I don't have any more thoughts. It's just kind of a random number uh, that we yeah. ended up doing, and All right. it looks good thus far. Yeah, last one wins. Uh, 47 and a half was the preseason uh, Vegas line that we picked. Maybe there are other ones that were different, but that's the one we picked. Um, I took the under I, again. I was saying 45, 46 wins. That was just sort of the the number I settled on. I think we've, you know, most people who listen to us regularly know that we have both said the Bucks are certainly have the talent and and could win 50 plus games with maybe better coaching, yep, <laughs> uh, more consistency. That, yada, yada. that would be if we're listening off reasons. That would be that would be the main that'd one. Be number uh, one. Yeah, that'd be the main one. Um, I took the under with 45, 46 wins. You took the over at what you were like at 48 or 49 wins. Yeah. I think. Um, so are you? Are you changing your prediction for the rest of the season? Um, I think I'm okay. Um, uh, most of my belief in the Bucks doing that was kind of based in Giannis being awesome. And Giannis has been awesome thus far. The Bucks have added Eric Bledsoe. And it hasn't led to them being all that much more consistent at this point or winning a ton more games. But... I think, like I said, maybe in February there's a little bit of a stretch where they should get some wins, and I, you know I'm just gonna stay. I probably shouldn't. I should probably switch to the under, but I'm gonna stay with the over. Yeah, and I'll stick where I am too. Um, again, the the Bucks, you know, nominally are are kind of on track from a winning percentage wise to to end up somewhere close to let's say 45 wins, but. You know, again, you look at other things. I point differentially and say they've actually been been a bit lucky. So, yep. um, you know, they, we know that this team is capable of being better, right? They should be better. Yep. Um, the kind of schedule the 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 rest of the way, um, as you said, it's it's probably a little bit e- a little bit easier. Um, you know, again, uh, 
we'll kind of see how this shakes out. Certainly, I think Jabari is, is kind of probably the big X factor here. Um, if he gives them, you know, decent sort of like last year, anywhere close Jabari, um, and you can, you know, rest Giannis and Chris maybe a little bit more, um, maybe you cut down. Uh, certainly, you know, if you think about it, what with the minutes we've seen so far this this year, if you can, you know, effectively swap out like all of DeAndre Liggins' minutes for Jabari and Sterling Brown. Um, I feel pretty confident that's a that's a positive trait. Um, so so we'll see. And again, if they can play better defensively, maybe they hit more threes. I mean, you can obviously kind of construct a narrative in which the Bucks could still get up to you know high forties. But you know, by the same token, you kind of look where they are now. I mean, to to win fifty games, um, that put you at fifty and thirty two. You already have twenty losses, so you'd have twelve more losses and twenty seven more wins. I mean, is this really a team that's going to go twenty seven and twelve to finish the year? Um, you know, again, last year they were twenty three and thirty at their worst point in the season, yep. and they finished the season going what nineteen and ten, I guess. So that you know, they they've run off streaks like this before, um, but this is obviously one of the tough things about this Bucks team is they just can't kind of play at a really high level consistently for extended periods and i think that's the big question the remainder of the season is you know they've they've won close games they've had some things go their way even though we've also mentioned things that haven't gone their way um which is why the point differential is still certainly their wins are are outpacing their point differential so um so yeah i'd probably still stick kind of where i am maybe 45 46 wins but again i'm frustrated to say that because I, I feel like e- even with kind of the unimpressive numbers that they've put together so far, I mean, there's it's still a super a really talented team that that could still play at a much higher level. Yeah, I just see, man, I just see three against Orlando, three against Brooklyn, two more against Atlanta, and like in my mind, that feels like that should be eight wins. I know it won't be, um, but you've got you've got all the Cavs games out of the way. You've got what three out of the four Celtics games, I guess. Yeah. Um, so you've already kind of knocked out some of those more difficult games. Um, you've got what, have they played Toronto twice now or three times, at least twice. So obviously they have knocked out some of those, those harder teams in the East. And, um, obviously some of the teams, good teams in the West they've seen as well. now. Like I said, like they just haven't had a big win streak at all this year and call. I mean, I guess maybe that just makes me a, a hopeful idiot, but, We'll we'll see. Uh, I think there's maybe some spots where they can grab some wins there, um, and we'll see if they can grab a win tomorrow or I guess tonight. Excuse me, um, as you'll be listening to this on Wednesday. Um, that's it for our over unders. We will go over those at the end of the year as well and see if any of the changes we made uh, were necessary or if we did a good job there. Uh, the Bucks have the Miami Heat tonight. Uh, you just saw the Heat on Sunday. Um, and it's funny with the Heat, uh, again, I don't know if we're going to do a real in-depth preview with them, but I, I should really look up Giannis's splits. But we, uh, obviously I work at ESPN Milwaukee, and we have a sister station in ESPN West Palm Beach. And some of the people there always joke with me about how I'll talk about how good Giannis is, and they'll see those tweets and then just be like, what are you talking about? Like, Giannis is... Like, not that good like what what are you what are you seeing with that and I, i'm just like what do you mean and they're like well every time that we get to see him for a full game like he doesn't really have great games and i was like huh okay May, maybe that's the case like i don't really know 
Uh, and he's now played, let's see, 15 games against them. Uh, yeah, 15 games against the Heat. And, and obviously everything is kind of dragged down by those early years uh, for him. But uh, 15.9 points per game, six rebounds, three assists. And as you think about it, like the Heat, like I'm trying to think of games he's had against the Heat, and I just don't think of really great games like they for the last two years they've had James Johnson and they can put him on Giannis and he's always very physical with Giannis and that kind of bothers him and then you have Whiteside on the backside and that's kind of always bothered him and when you put those two together like if there are ways where Giannis is going to have I don't want to say subpar but below his normal output like it's there's a rim protector that's able to challenge stuff at the rim or there's a really physical defender that's also quick enough to stay with them and the heat for the last two years kind of have had two both of those things with james johnson and with Hassan Whiteside, and that was something we kind of saw on sunday yeah interesting two years ago in three games against the heat he averages 22 points a game on 60 percent shooting last year um under 20 points a game on 48 percent shooting so worse last year when obviously he made you know huge strides in his game overall worse last year than he was two years ago in the heat i I just think a couple years ago i think that was the year where he had that remember he there was that late game where he yammed on bosh with his left hand yeah yeah, um, and I think they, and I don't know if it was that game or I think it may be in a different game um, where he and Jabari both played really well and um, and they beat the Heat with Wade. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you have to kind of go back a bit. It seems to to really find some some good Giannis games against the Heat. Um, he did have that, that that incredible dunk in the one game they beat the Heat last year. I don't know if they won him twice against the Heat last year, but remember that that double pump mm-hmm. crazy dunk that was in a game that they won against the Heat at home. Um, but yeah, it just seems like you know the Heat have have been giving him some trouble certainly in the you know amount of bodies they can throw at them, and obviously when the Bucks shoot four out of 28 from three not helping the heat, the heat are not going to feel any uh worse about throwing you know packing the paint and um shading off their their perimeter res- responsibilities to uh to help on diana so i think it'll be very interesting to see you know given that they just played a very frustrating game against the Heat in which Giannis was not that involved just taking 12 shots scoring 22 points which obviously is low by his standards um you know will we see a renewed more aggressive Giannis especially after he Certainly look very renewed, very aggressive, and uh, maybe not efficient, but um, you know, obviously came through in a big way on Monday against the Wizards in a in a win that the Bucks you know really needed. So, um, so yeah, always always fun to speculate on the levels of greatness that Giannis uh, will reach. But certainly, likewise, uh, let's hope Chris Middleton does not reach the lowest of lows that he reached against the Heat uh, <laughs> last weekend. Uh, they need a lot more from him. And one one interesting thing worth noting about the Heat, I don't, I don't know if I saw an update on it today, but I know Tyler Johnson um, suffered what looked like a pretty bad knee injury. Uh, starting guard for the Heat, who I, I think is a, just a really solid player. Very Heat-type player. Yeah, and that Probably makes too much money, yep. but, um, but he's just a really solid player who, um, you know, again, if he was your sixth man, you'd be thrilled. And even if he was like your role-playing starter, he's he's solid in that role. So um, I, I assume, and I'm, and again, I, my research should be better, um, I assume he's not playing uh, when the Bucks play the Heat on Wednesday. But um, certainly he's a guy that, uh, you know, we saw him make some 
uh, make some plays. Um, and I guess now they're saying it's a uh, he's doubtful, and I guess they're saying it's an ankle injury. So um, yeah, it looks like no no Tyler Johnson, who looks way too much like Moe's Schrute from uh, he does. from the office at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> So you'll have to settle for that on the bench, uh, seeing that on the bench. And if you're curious what the Heat have done since playing the Bucks, uh, since they boat raced the Bucks, they lost to the Chicago Bulls. So their win streak was <laughs> shut down uh, the day after on MLK Day. They ended up losing to the Bulls 119-111. They have not played a game since then, uh, just like the Bucks. So uh, both teams on equal rest, and we'll see what the Bucks can do there. That is going to be it for us for today. Obviously, this podcast was brought to you by Draft. Our friends over at Draft have the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks, and that'll get you a free play in one of the Lockdown Bucks drafts that we put together. Again, I'm at Eric underscore name. Frank is at Lockdown Frank. If you follow us on there, that means we can invite you to our Locked On drafts every Wednesday, and then you get a chance to try to take our money. So uh, make sure that you take advantage of that because, one, I would like to talk trash to you, and two, if I can't talk trash to you, at least you'll take my money. So we'll see how all that goes. That is on Draft. Download the app or go to Draft.com. This has been Locked On Bucks. That was Frank. I'm Eric. We'll talk to you tomorrow.